How many of you are a little chilly this morning? Or feel a little, little chilly or cold? Or, you know, it's, it's getting to that time of year where it's not as hot. I can't say it's cold. It's not as hot. But, um, you know, looking at the news and seeing how Buffalo got dumped 70 inches of snow... 70. 70. My bad. I gotta have that extra half inch. Um, um, No, but I'm glad I live in Florida. (laughs) I miss the cold. let Let me frame that for you just a little bit. I miss the idea of walking outside for about five minutes and looking at that beautiful white stuff on the ground, but then coming back inside and not have to shovel it. Amen. Um, nevertheless, though, this is one of the times of the year that I miss the most about the Northeast, uh, which is that crisp, uh, cool air the rustling of the leaves in the, in the ground. You have some of that. We have some of that here, but not quite the same. But we're coming at a time where, you know, Thanksgiving. What does that really mean? How do we celebrate Thanksgiving? And I've shared with you before that having come from a different country and, and having our very first Thanksgiving here was somewhat of a new experience for us as a family growing up uh, in, in Massachusetts. But this morning, I want to pause for just a quick minute and ask you to share with your table what are some of the things for which you are grateful for? Go ahead, right now. What are some of the things for which you are grateful for? What's your Thanksgiving list look like? All right. I mean, we could, we could spend a, a whole morning here or the, the rest of our service talking about what things we are grateful for. But how many of you started num- numbering things off like you're grateful for having a roof over your head, you know? Uh, or how about being able to walk over to the fridge and opening it and see that you have food there available for you? When many others who have, and I've seen this here, even here in Naples, people with the sign saying, we'll work for food, Right? Or how about this one, clothes. I know that if I walk into my closet today, I know that my, the least of my concern for tomorrow will be what to wear, but how to wear it, right? We, many of us here have a, a closet full of clothes. How about this one, my health, Right? Some of us can be very grateful for, for having very good health. Uh, others are 
in a worse predicament than, than we may find ourselves to be. How about this one? Our country. Despite the whole the <laughs> infighting, I guess we could say, but aren't, aren't, aren't you glad you live in a place where you can freely exercise your belief in God? How about this one? Your church. I am sure I'm sure grateful for this church. And and I'm I am grateful for all of the churches that I have been privileged to pastor as well. Um, which leads to the next item on my list is how about your friends? Right? Not to forget family. How many of us are grateful for our family, despite sometimes us wishing that they weren't? <laughs> Let's be honest. There are times where our, the closest ones next to you get under your skin. Let's be real, right? But, you know, we would say, we, we have a saying in, in, in Portuguese uh, that, you know, we are so tight that we are like, nail and skin but sometimes it's our nails that want to be in their skin but we never nonetheless we are grateful for family i am grateful for my family how about this one parents you know you have to be maybe a little bit older to be able to think back and understand what your parents went through or are going through. Aren't you grateful for your parents? But most of all, Jesus. How many are thankful for Jesus? You know, we would not be here were it not for Jesus. We would not be in a place expressing our gratitude about the things for which we have were not for Jesus. Because the Bible tells us that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and in the Word, in the beginning, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and everything that was made that was made was not made without Him. Jesus is the reason why we are here, not just because he died on the cross, but because he made us. And he came, and he lived, and he died, and he resurrected. Jesus is the reason why we are here. But you know, it's, it's never... Has it ever occurred to you that no Americans were more underprivileged than that small handful of individuals that came out from the Mayflower? Think about it. They didn't have a means of communication. They didn't have a means of transportation other than their legs. They didn't have any money 
or a currency for which to spend. They had no amusements or entertainments except that which they made for themselves. But if you dared tell them that they were underprivileged, those were fighting words. You know, if you've never lived on a, on a place where winter is real, and to think about the conditions in which we have available to us and, and are afforded to us by having a, a heated home with insulation, with windproof walls, to say that these individuals who left their country to establish a new one, I'm not, now we're not going to get into the PC aspect of it, but the fact that you have to leave your homeland and get to a new place where we don't, where the, the, the common technology that we find beneficial to us today, that you can take a phone and dial a number and you can see the other person 5,000 miles away as if they were standing right in front of you. They came to this country to build a nation under God. I mean, as a matter of fact, when we look at our, when we say the Pledge of Allegiance, one nation under God with liberty and justice for all. And it was based upon that principle for which we also find these words from the Proclamation of Independence that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And it goes on to finish with a firm reliance on the protection of providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. The idea of having these people establish a country where everyone has the opportunity to come and to worship as they please. Now, we're not going to get into who's right, who's wrong, but to have the privilege to worship. And with that mentality, our, our very first president said these words in 1789. He said, by the president of the United States, a proclamation, whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of the almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress, boy, if that was true today, have their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people the 
of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts that many signals favors of the Almighty God. To think that our country was rooted in the principle and the idea that God is sovereign first. I don't know if this would fly today. But let me not get into that. Let me not get in that in, in, into a soapbox. But the concept of expressing gratitude, how many people really know what Thanksgiving is about? If we look at it from the historical perspective, from the point of which this nation was originally founded, we're not talking about Indians or Native Americans. We're not talking about, we're talking about the concept of coming together for the unique purpose of giving thanks. Isn't that what the Bible calls unity? So how many people really truly understand what Thanksgiving is really about? Given it in the, the, the context for which we say and we, and, and we discuss these things. So this morning, I want to spend a few moments looking at a particular Bible text that talks about Thanksgiving. Open your Bibles with me, if you will, to the book of Psalm, chapter 105. It's a very interesting Psalm. We're going to spend a few minutes just highlighting a few verses. But in this verse, I'm going to forewarn you, there are five commands in which God has given to us through David, the one who wrote this. So let's look at this. The words will be on the screen. They are from the New King James Version, the version for which I like to study from. But if you have a different version... That's okay. Um, but let's look at this Bible text. A psalm of thanksgiving. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among all peoples. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk all of his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face forevermore. Remember his marvelous works which he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O seed of Abraham, his servant, you children of Jacob, his chosen ones. You know, it's interesting how when you look at all these, and, and I know Daniel in the back is looking like, Pastor, that's not the ones you have on your slide. I'm like, I know. Because there are many Psalms who reflect the same idea. But I also want you to go back with me to, to Psalm chapter 100.
and look at the similarities when you you heard some of the things echo in being echoed of what you will hear here in uh, Psalm 100. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with, sing- with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and, we, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Did you catch that? The first and the last verses, they have something in common. This is the first verse says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. And the last verse says, all you, you lands, his truth endures to all generations. Two things here are worth highlighting. First of all, the word all is inclusive. It's an invitation for every tongue, tribe, and people. It's an idea and a concept that is not to be forsaken or forgotten but for people, but is for all of us to be remembered and to remember who God is. All lands, all generations, those who have come before us and those who will come after us. But that's not the only thing that this thing, this verse talks to us about. When we come together with thanksgiving, we come with the idea that we want to express our gratitude, not because it tells us to make a joyful sound or, or shout to the Lord. We're going to talk here a little bit about this. But it, it, it brings to us the idea and the concept that we did not get here ourselves. You know, there's a, the story of this author, uh, Alex Haley, the author of Roots. He has a picture of a turtle on a pole. And so somebody came in and asked him, said, why do you have a picture of this turtle on a pole? And he says, because every time I write something that is worthy of attention, I am taken back by the fact that I did not get here by myself. Others had an influence and an impact in my life to be able to lead me to become what I am today. And so there is absolutely no way that a turtle is going to go climb a pole to sit on top of it. This is what is ultimately David is talking about. We did not get here by ourselves. I am not here today as your pastor because I was self-reliant and sufficient or proficient for that matter. And all of us can look back and say, somebody helped me get to where I am today or become who I am today. 
So this moment, at this very moment, I would like for you to go back into your round tables, and I want you to think about that individual. I want you to share about an individual who has helped you to be who you are today, somebody who has shaped you. And I want you to talk a little bit about that. I'll give you five minutes. Go. Let go change the I am sure that it, as you start thinking about the stories and the people that have influenced you, more stories come flooding into your mind. It, and, and I know we've only taken here, you know, f- about five minutes to talk about these people of influence, but. Isn't it a fun exercise to think back on those who invested in you, who took time to influence you in a positive way, and, and be thankful for the, these bricks that have been laid in, in your life that has established that foundation for which you have become that individual you are today. And so it's with this idea that we are not here because we have not gotten here by ourselves. We have to recognize that as a result of that, there are some consequential actions for which we must do that are also related with thanksgiving. And they come right here from the very verse that we've just read. You know, Danielle's going to look at me and say, Pastor Art, didn't we talk about this? Only four lines per screen. Well, I want you to get a visual perspective, and and I think that's why this is here. We're not going to be reading, but I want you to take the the first thing that comes from this verse is make a joyful shout to the Lord. When we talk about Thanksgiving, the Bible in this particular verse or chapter Psalm 100, it says, make a joyful shout to the Lord. Some versions will say, make a joyful noise. Some of us, when we sing, we make joyful noises. But I want you to think about this for a minute. The the phrase, I cried a loud voice in the Bible, happens over about 60 times. How many of you here have cried silently before? Right? Where we don't want anybody to hear or see that we are crying. We, if you have not raised your hand, you're lying. <laughs> we all at some point have hidden and suppressed that anger or that Fear or that joy? Because to some of us, when we are, ex- we are happy, we cry. But the Bible is saying here, I have cried with a loud voice. Right? On multiple occasions. And when we look back in that verse, it says, I have, you know, shout, make a shout to the Lord. 
Hmm. I have never encountered the phrase, praise God quietly in the Bible. There is no such phrase. But this idea, and, and, and for those of you that, that were, have been in this, in this journey as long as I have been here in Naples, you'll recall that first series that I did on praise and worship. There is nothing about being quiet when you are praising. We should, right? We should. Some of you are catching on. Right? That's not my gift. <laughs> I would make a joyful noise unto the Lord. The idea of expressing our gratitude is one that comes from within. No, when you yell, if you yell from here, you could do for a few minutes, but you'd be hoarse. But if you do from here, from deep inside you, man, it is said that Ellen White could speak to a crowd of a thousand people for about an hour without microphones. I'm going to do something here. And we'll see if it works. I know that we have those that are online may not be able to hear, but Mary, could you mute my microphone here for a minute? You know, when do that was because he was speaking from here. He only had one, one volume, and that was mega loud. This is what the Bible's talking about. When we come and we shout for joy, we are praising God from in here out. Not from here. Because you can only do that for so long. But when you're truly praising God from the inside, you can praise him all day long. There's a, a story of a, uh, a missionary in, that went to India. And when he arrived there, you know, Indian, it, India is known for its many dialects. And he found this village, and, 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 they were, and he found that there was a progressive epidemic of blindness. And as he began to talk with the people, he understood that they, they didn't become blind right away, but as they lived and they progressed, they became blind as they lived. And he eventually found a cure, and when people would come in, in to him for a cure, he noticed that there was a word that was not in their vocabulary, and it was the word thank you. It's because it didn't exist. They, it wasn't because they weren't gra grateful for what he did, but they expressed it in a different way, and it's somewhat translated to like this. I will proclaim your name to others. Follow? They didn't have thank you, so their way of saying thank you, thank you is so-and-so did this for me. 
it would behoove us at some point to start saying thank you or excuse me to stop saying thank you thank you god but say i will proclaim your name because of this Sometimes we lose the idea that, yes, we have not been here, we've not gotten here ourselves, we have not achieved what we wanted to in of our own strength. But who got us here? And, and when we say thank you to God, it's, it's, and the word and that statement, in the, at least my understanding and depiction of the English language is that it's become so common that we just, it's a flat out, expression that doesn't have a deep significance but when we say thank you lord for what you have done for me or i am proclaiming god's name because you have saved me you have cured me you have brought me out of darkness you have provided for me without saying thank you but you proclaim what he has done now we're starting to get deeper and we're starting to get to who God really is. But let's keep going. Number two, second commandment from Psalm 100, serve with gladness. What has the Lord called you for? Has God given you something to do? Has God given you a task for which you are to proclaim His name to people? And in that task, are you doing it with, a, with gladness? You know, sometimes we, we complain about God's instructions to us. Hey, I want you to go, oh God, really, do I have to? I mean... My daughter's not here, so I'm going to pick on her. She stepped out. There are times when I ask my kids, hey, go do this. <laughs> really? Do I have to? But don't we do the same with God? How can we express thanksgiving to what he has done for us when we complain for what he wants us to do as a result of what he's done. We become actors, hypocrites, without even thinking about it. You know, the, this, this says, serve the Lord with gladness. It doesn't say serve the church. It doesn't say serve the preacher. It doesn't say serve the it does say serve the Lord with gladness. Sing with gladness, pray with gladness, show hospitality with gladness. Are you serving God with gladness? Commandment number three. Come before his presence with singing. You know, in some versions it says, come before his presence with joyful songs. 
we have, you know, our, our, our Western mindset sometimes have become too acquiesced and too accustomed to the medieval perspective of worship where we walk into this beautiful facility with Gre- Gregorian chants softly playing in the gr- background. This is not the, the biblical depiction of praising. It is an action. It is a verb. It is something that calls you to move, causes you to move. And when we, you know, when I get it now why my kids don't like to go around the table saying what they're grateful for. You know why? Because it's boring. And I mean this respectfully in the sense where when we just sit there without connecting the dots of words with verbs, it becomes boring. And so when we start thinking about what are you grateful for, the question that I have to ask is why are you grateful for them? Rather than just, oh, I'm grateful for my, I I can tell you right now, I did this exercise with my kids and, and my son says, I, I'm, ha- I'm grateful for my switch. The younger kids know what I'm talking about. The older kids, it's a video game system. I said, son, of all the things that you are grateful for, why are you grateful for the switch? And he looked at me and he said, because I can play with you. There are things for when we ask why, why we are grateful for these things, it then connects to the verb. And that is what becomes, come before his presence was sinking. Our our fourth, know that the Lord He is God. You know, that He is God. How has God manifested in your life? That's why the why question is important. That's why when we take time to express our gratitude. We have to ask, well, why is God God? I believe it's Psalm 139. It says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, God is the one who connected the knee bone, or there's no knee, to the thigh bone. And thigh bone to the hip bone and and the hip bone to the joints all in I'm not a nurse that's all I know in reality the hip bone is connected to the spine if I'm not mistaken 
which has many vertebrae, all functioning independently of each other, but connected through an intricate ner- nervous system that would be impossible for evolution to happen, to create. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Why is God God? But it says, know that the Lord, he is God. So we get to our last, our fifth commandment. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. In the old times, you know, I'm not, I think I've, I, I, You understand when I say with thanksgiving, now you understand a little bit, but there's another concept that is implied here that sometimes we forget. In the Old Testament, the, the temple was the symbol and the sanctuary was the symbol of God's presence. And when we look at this verse and it says, enter his presence, The idea that when people came to the temple, they came with this idea and fixed in their heads that they're coming to meet their creator. They're coming to meet God. But we know that through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, that in the most holy place of that building, the veil between the most holy place and the holy place was torn from top to bottom rather than from the bottom to top, implying it was not done by human hands. And the theological implications behind that is that we now have access to God because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice, right? So if we have access to God at any moment's notice, we we are not burdened with the fact of coming to bring a sacrifice uh, to the temple, we can have access to God everywhere. But when we come to worship, do we come with the realization, and we can worship anywhere, do we come with the idea that we are coming to meet our Creator? That's what is, David is talking about here. He says, enter his gates, right? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Be thankful to him and bless his name for The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever, or is everlasting, and his truth endures. Now, remember, it closes with that statement I said at the beginning, all generations. You know, when we pause to think about what God has done for us, I pray that you will remember this psalm. I pray that as you reflect on the words of David here in in Psalm chapter 100, verses 1 through 5, the entire chapter, that you will remember who God is and, and, and not express a blanket statement of, 
Well, I thank God for all the blessing he has done for me. Let me be real with you. That's a cop-out. And if I'm stepping on toes, I don't care. Because I have been guilty of that cop-out. And we need to be real with God. He says, you cannot serve two masters. And Jesus says, if you, not, if you do not remain in me, I will not remain in you. And Jesus said, with all your mind and all your soul and all your strength, all, it's 100%. And to know God 100%, we need to know the why, and we need to ask the why question. Why are you thankful for what you're thankful for? And I pray that as you spend the next few days getting ready for Thanksgiving Day. Ask yourself why. Why are you grateful for the things that you have? Why are you grateful for being who you are today? Why are you grateful for and you fill in the blank? I pray, I I, I will guarantee you your Thanksgiving Day will be a lot more meaningful and a lot more significant. May God bless you, and may you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving Day.